Jungle Life, monkey business on a Sunday afternoon. Who doesn't love a little monkey business? People let me tell you about my Wukong. He's a warm-hearted monkey who's going to love me till the end. That doesn't rhyme with Wukong. We need a better word. Um, Pong, prong, or gong. Yes, gong farmers. We are awesome gong farmers. It's not official yet. <laughs> More about that maybe later. Well, there, there there could be the forming of many, many guilds in our in the next few years. So That's a good point. Don't think I'll forget that one again like I did last time. Uh, <clears throat> but first, let's be sure to wrap up our monkey buddy business. Yes, that's right, because they're not for monkey business. No, that would be the I word. And that would be bad. Or maybe it's the, the, it's the B word? We both? Is that IB? <laughs> no thanks, I went before we left. <laughs> Me too. I am Tarzan Boy and he is Saurian, and this is the Forsaken Bacon Traveling Pork Rind Show. Now that one I'm leaning more towards. I'm liking that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a winner winner chicken dinner. Well, actually, it's a, a pork dinner. But yes. But that's not what this is. No, 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 no. It's a new year. And we are fast approaching a new world. So I say it is high time for some new pants. Yes, new pants. Oh my God, you actually. (laughs) We had a birthday party in the office today and I got this really creepy smile on my face. And Mrs. Gleep said, no, no, you're not going. I said, but I'm, I'm, I'm setting it off on the other side of the room now. Okay, um, so everyone playing along at home, take a moment now to look under your seat. You will find there a translucent Mylar bag containing one pair of complimentary Gleebsgaming.fun new pants. And you get a pair, and you get a pair, and you get a pair. And depending upon your individual preference, predetermined by us through the use of a time machine. Come on, everyone, say it with me. Time machine! You will either find pink pants in a blue bag or blue ba- <laughs> blue pants in a pink bag. It was so close. So. Those are my favorite colors, so just deal with it. For those we were unable to visit in time, get it? In time? It's, it's a time joke. For those unlucky few, and by few I mean everyone listening, perhaps you'll find enough change under there to purchase a nutritious smoothie beverage for yourself or someone you love. Pantscast, bringing you the gift of good health, because when you got that, there you are. What does it mean if I have a black bag under my chair with assless chaps? It means you're special. (laughs) You get to sit in the front row. Yay. Uh, (laughs) We got a lot to cover tonight, sorry. And we got uh, 2020 is the the year of the MMO. We have decreed it. Why MMOs? Well, a couple quick and dirty reasons. For one, there are several interesting MMOs coming out this year, TM. And if we take it back about six and a half years ago, the MMO was twas the game type what brought us all together in the first place. And I think it's time we got back to that feeling, what I got before, before I lost that love and feeling. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I hate it when people get me wrong. I love playing the games with my friends, what we have been playing while we waited for Star Citizen to get done. And that's in in air quotes. 
uh, the while we waited part. And now I am <laughs> done. I'm past done. No, I'm done past. I'm past done waiting. You know, the heck with those guys. Not our friends. Yeah, never mind. My heart still needs to play with my friends, and my soul needs to play with them in a world which is bigger than us and which will remain that way for years to come. Um, so, you, um, you think we can get this all done? Uh, probably not, but we'll try. <laughs> I like you start out. You start out with reasonable expectations. You you under promise and over deliver. Exactly. Like that. All right. To the Momomo polls. Biff. Pow. Bang. Bang. This is a sound effects rich episode. <laughs> it is. It is. We had cake. Cake means sugar. And Gleep don't eat sugar. <laughs> I had a cookie today as well, so we're both be hyped up. Um, first up, a quick follow up to our Citizen Con slash Star Citizen State of the Game show of last month, year, decade. So long ago, yet not that many days. More than you can count on two hands, but not more than. Well, I guess yeah, actually more you can count on two hands and two feet, but not on four hands and four feet, which is what we got here. So we're still. The, the use-by date has not expired. All right, so CitizenCon was to be an immense playable universe in which we could grow to be whatever character we wanted to be. There were to be great freedoms, harsh consequences, and a near limitless variety of things to see and do along with the tools we would need to make our way. And that spoke to us. And it was also a little bit daunting. Uh, we knew... Uh, we were going to need friends to help us achieve our goals and that they would need us as well. Uh, we also believed that this game was going to be super freaking cool, like with lasers. Actually, literally with lasers. Um, and that a lot of other nerds just like us were going to learn about and want to play this game too. And because these soon TM to be friends of ours... Uh, who we thought we could see coming up over the 2016 event horizon, were likely going to be just like us, like us in that they have jobs and families and other IRL obligations, which would necessarily limit their ability to commit enough hours to a game to, to start citizen, to survive, let alone enjoy themselves. Because all of that, our org had a simple tag. Actually, it still has the same. I just checked it today. Um, it says, our org's manifesto, those guys with ships manifesto. It says, everyone is welcome to come play in whatever ship they have, whenever they can, for as little or as long as they want. And I think that that's, that's still important because not all of us can be, what's, what's, uh, what's the guy's name, uh, Tyrannosexosaurus, or um, who's the guy Who's the guy that is now the, uh, the poster boy for... WTFosaurus. Uh, no, not him. The oh. one that, that they actually picked. <laughs> no. Oh. No, not, oh, no. Not the one they didn't pick. <laughs> um, the, the, the guy that's going to be the face of Planet Side 42. Hmm. Uh, uh, Rex, Rexzilla? Rexzilla? That sounds right. That, that definitely With sounds that, right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, we're not him. We need friends. He has, he has a lot of friends, too. I, th- I'm, I believe that he and his group that they play well together and they have fun. I mean, that's, I'm not, I didn't want to diminish what it is that his group of people do. Uh, they're, they're being them. We got to be us. Um, so those guys with ships, Star Citizen Organization. My point is the Star Citizen universe was 
to be the MMO to redefine what MMO could mean. Not what it would mean, but what it could mean. And yet, here we are. Um, I still want all those things that we wanted back in 2014. And I think we've made a very good start on finding good friends to play with. And check, check, check. We got work to do. Awkward pause. Yeah. So, uh, Sorian, did you watch that 2007 Titan Kill video that I sent to you? No, I watched all the other videos and I forgot about that one. Oh, well, it's it's a very short video. You can catch it catch it later on. But um, because because like the armies of Middle Earth at the Black Gate, like Jon Snow at the Battle of the Bastards, sort of, not really. I'm I'm having a real tough time with. Game of Thrones thing. Things Game of Thrones. Things Thronish. Um, but definitely like Leoni Leonidas. Or, or, or his I just had a picture in my head of Linus from Peanuts, like with his blanket, you know, and 300 Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> and a phalanx of Lucy's pulling the football out of the way. Yeah. Um, like all those, those uh, extremely buff and sexy uh, men's at the uh, Thermopylae. Win or lose, and of course we do prefer to win, um, I want to be involved in epic gaming events with my friends. Um, like that time, and I was thinking about this earlier today, like that time uh, you and I, uh, we pulled an all-nighter to reach some achievement in Sea of Thieves, and I don't even remember what the achievement was now. I just remember that, you know, we were both like falling asleep, um, you know, and it didn't look like we could do it. And then, you know, I think the last of our other friends logged off and we tried again and again. And in the end, we effing did it. And it was effing awesome. Um, how, how, how do you remember that? Do you remember what, <laughs> do you remember what we did? <laughs> uh, I, need, I need more details to draw my memory. It was that, well, we haven't played together all night that often. It was the thing we were, there was some crazy thing where we had to defeat so many pirate uh, skeleton captains, like um, like in a certain order by a certain time. Was that the one where we got the, uh, the skeleton ship skins? Probably. Um, yeah, that was, I, uh, yeah, that was, uh. I had to kill like a hundred skeleton ships or something for that new update. There was a bunch of different tasks you had to do to get all the um, the different pieces, and uh, they were all really, really terrible and really, really time-consuming. And the difficulty curve was way, way too off. This might have been something different, because I remember we had like six-hour windows, and the window where you had to defeat the ship changed every six hours. That was the and... cursed ships. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, okay. And to get yeah. all... Anyway... One of the things was getting all the different curses, and they, they were only available during certain time windows. The different curses. Ladies and gentlemen listening at home, do you see the damage we absorb for your entertainment? We're not we're not the same anymore after these types of events. Yeah, that we, was, st we still show up. That was rough. <laughs> that was really, really rough. <laughs> I remember I had, I had to be at the gym that morning to... Uh, to take a swimming lesson because uh, the Gleepster never learned to swim. Um, <laughs> and I showed up there and I was just like, you know, she goes, are, are, are you okay? Have you been drinking? <laughs> not, not, for, not for the last 20 years, man. <laughs> I, just, I spent the night 
defeating skeleton pirates. She said, well, of course you did. You put on your life preserver and go sit over there. <laughs> I remember at the end of that, we were like, yay, I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> it was so awesome. Well, for you, it was like, because we didn't like finish till like 8 in the morning or something. So it was like almost noon by the time, uh, for you, by the time we got done. Yeah, the sun had been up for a good minute uh, by the time we finished that for me. Yes, yes, it was, it was, it was way up, and fortunately, Mrs. Gleep was out of town, so I didn't, get, I didn't get the look, you know, you know that look. Mm-hmm. I don't know, does Jelly, does Jelly give you the look? Uh, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you got that eye, that, you know, that eye. She's a heavy sleeper, Ooh. thankfully. So <laughs> that's good. That's good. Okay, so uh, let's uh, let's um, fond memories. Um, want more of that? Want want those things to happen? And I want. More, I mean, and that was, you know, that was like awesome, and that's kind of why I thought of it. it was that was an awesome thing that I did with my friends. But I also want to have the things that we do matter in the context of the game we're playing going forward too. And so it's actually it's, it's kind of better that you haven't uh, you haven't watched that that video. But I will uh, I will sort of recap it for you here now. So the exact title of the video is uh, Goon Swarm Titan Kill June 2007. And it was uploaded by Exploding Fist because, well, yeah, I mean, someone had to do it. Um, and it's, uh, it, it is dated 2007. Uh, the game is Eve, uh, the year is 2007, and there are two alliances of sub-alliances and corporations. So corporations exist within alliances, and alliances can contain other alliances or uh, corporations. So there's two of them. Band of Brothers, who are more commonly referred to as Bob, uh, go figure, uh, and the Red Swarm. And uh, Bob is led by legendary Eve player Sir Mole, and if that's not a great name, I don't know what is, um, whose alt character Shrike uh, is piloting the Titan in the, in the video. Now, the Red Swarm fleet commander heard giving orders in the video is Sesfan Kula. I'm just going to call him Fleet Commander because I don't know if I can say that again successfully. Um, and uh, the it's an old video, you know, and in 2007, I don't, people weren't like streaming and stuff like they do now. So uh, not everybody had like video capture reasons. So the point being, the quality is not, is not great, but uh, the, definitely the, uh, um, the, history of what happened comes across. And so Red Swarm had at that time been handed a series of rather devastating and embarrassing defeats uh, at the hands of Bob. And uh, the relevant prize that was being fought for, or one of the relevant prizes that was being fought for um, around that time between these two groups was uh, the Titan-class ship then believed to be being built by Bob at a secret shipyard. Um, Now, the Titans were fairly new in the game, and the Titan class. Um, each faction within the uh, the game has its own version of the Titan class ship, and it was it was then the biggest ship in the game, uh, known for its uh, devastating logistical and uh, area of effect destructive powers. Um, the ship uh, you didn't need a, you didn't need to use jump gates when with the ship you could create your own uh, jump fields, and uh, so the ship would you know, jump into a field, be able to set off its, um, its big, uh, AOE, uh, weapon, which was called the doomsday, or I guess it still is called the doomsday, uh, bomb or doomsday weapon or something like that. 
massive. It would just destroy pretty much everything around it. Um, and then pop right back out. Um, so, and uh, these, these weapons were so powerful um, that uh, people were, you know, they didn't get used very often. These ships didn't, didn't actually go into to combat all that much, um, I don't think, because the, the only deterrent to their use was the inevitability that the other side was going to respond in kind. Um, and uh, so if Bob was successful in completing their fourth Titan, because Red Swarm only had one, I don't know if I mentioned that, um, Bob, if they completed the fourth one, Red Swarm would be hopelessly outnumbered, and the, the terrible reign of Bob might have gone on unchecked in, indefinitely. So, uh, you, know, you know, what's up, Red Swarm? Uh, you got to get good, son. Build Mo Titans, right? Well, not so fast. There, as I mentioned, there were, there were relatively few um, in the game at that time because of the amount and time and resources, amount of time and resources required to construct one. See, because once all the tools and parts were built, bought and or collected, eight additional IRL weeks were required for, I guess, what you would call the final assembly. So you would kick it off, and then two months later, you know, after you got all the, all the ingredients, you know, it's another two months before you can, you can fly that puppy out the yard. Now, you add to all of that that the player's skill level required to kick off those processes was very, very high as well. And for, you know, for a player, it could have taken them years to get to that, that skill level because of the way that Eve does, does their skill training. Um, it's, um, it's, uh, um, it's kind of it's different than anything I've ever played in any other game. But anyway, bottom line, you know, Titan don't play. And uh, to that point, um, no, none had ever been destroyed in combat. And, here, and here's the thing that, that you, you probably have heard about them before, uh, the estimated IRL monetary value in 2007 was 10,000 U.S. dollars. That's a Wow. Lot. Yeah. I kind of dispute that valuation because, you know, when you start looking at, when you start assigning values like that, you have to be able to, the, the, the currency, be it, you know, in-game or out-of-game, has to be able to flow back and forth. I mean, it affects things. But point being, you know, it's, Hundreds of man hours, maybe even thousands of player hours in the construction, and that's not even you know mentioning or um, um, uh, considering the collection of all of the materials to construct the parts to begin with. Um, so, anyway, um, uh, without going too much more in depth, uh, the Titans of that day were OPAF. Um, and to help address this, CCP, who are the developers of EVE, they patched a new vulnerability into the entire Titan class. So in, into there were four, four different Titans at that time. So into all of these ships. So going forward, um, and this was those that had, which had already been manufactured and those that would be subsequently manufactured, uh, the Titans would be susceptible to warp scramblers and electronic jamming. Um, and so in small words, that meant that the Titan could now be locked down and disabled. So remember how I had said before, they don't need jump gates. They can just pop onto the battlefield, drop their bomb, and then pop back off. They also had an ability, um, I've never flown one myself, go figure. Um, they also had the ability to create um, warp fields for 
uh, they're allies. So you know, you can imagine a, you don't have. We, we don't need no stinking work, no stinking warp gates, no stinking. You know, yeah, that's right. Uh, Treasure Sierra Mod. Okay. Um, so very powerful logistical and destructive uh, capabilities. Um, so you know, it was um, it was uh, definitely uh, OP, and so they put this thing in there, which made them susceptible to um, uh, a ship class called interdictors. Um, and so the interdictor would be able to um, uh, to essentially tie down um, the, uh, the Titan in place so that it couldn't just uh, jump away. Okay, so all that backstory. June 22nd of 2007, uh, the Titan nerf had been out for just 36 hours. And Bob had been and was continuing to pound on Red Swarm's front door. Um, Sir Mole, who was piloting that day as, as Shrike, popped onto the battlefield at system 46DP-O. And I don't, they, they pronounce the dashes different. It's like I have a, a cool name, TAC. I think they call them TACs. Um, but anyway, um, into that system, um, and he dropped his doomsday. Boom. Many Red Swarm ships were immediately destroyed, but... Shrike made a crucial mistake. He had forgotten about the patch and failed to exit the area before one of Red Swarm's remaining Indictor class ships, Interdictor uh, class ships, was able to shut his Titan down and call for immediate reinforcements. And Shrike too called for backup, and so the two sides battled for uh, about another hour after, after this had happened. And so the Red Swarm fleet commander, man whose name I can't pronounce, he ordered all his ships to defend the lone interdictor, uh, preventing Shrike from warping uh, his Titan away. And it was a gamble because basically they were, they were sacrificing ships in the effort to save this one ship that could hold the Titan in place. And um, it was a gamble. They lost a lot of ships, but then the gamble paid off. And it was the largest explosion anyone had ever seen um, in the game, uh, like brighter than a sun, and it filled this, the filled hundreds of screens of uh, um, you know uh, hundreds of the screens with, of people that were uh, were watching uh, this battle unfold. Um, and it was um, so it was a great day to be part of, of Red Swarm. And they the important thing was they had proved that Sir Mole and Bob could be beaten, and they were beaten big because this was the first time. This was the first time a Titan had been destroyed. A lot of people didn't think it could, it could be done. And, you know, it, whether it's accurate or not, they knocked out. He made a $10,000 mistake, um, which <laughs> wow. makes That's my, my star citizen hangers seem kind of, you know, what are you whining about, blue boy? <laughs> 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 Nothing, sir. Um, so... Um, and Sesfan uh, Kula, I will, I will, I will say it again uh, in, in his honor, uh, became an instant hero throughout Eve, and uh, that one event, you know, turned the tide of uh, of the game of power in the game, and uh, uh, so that was uh, that was a pivotal, 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 yeah, uh, pivotal uh, event in in the history, and uh, um, that's the kind of stuff I, you know. I want to be a part of, you know, and I know it's easy to say that like, you know, hey, the next time you guys are going to have one of these unexpected events, would you give me a call a couple days ahead of time so I can make sure that I'm there? And <laughs> it doesn't work that way. 
but I want to be playing in a gaming environment where that's possible. Um, so, um, and you know, for them, they changed the course of the game. They changed the course of uh, the Red Swarm Alliance um, uh, going forward, and um, it's um, you know, it's it's a it's a very cool thing. Now you ask, how do I know all this delicious backstory? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called books, children. You should read more of them. Put down the pads and the pods and crack a book or twenty for once and pull up your pants. And no, I didn't put anything in that tens of women's drink. Hashtag America's dad joke. <laughs> I was I was wondering as the impression shifted if that's the direction you were going, and I'm glad that I was right. <laughs> Bill Cosby. I put the pills in the pudding. <laughs> He's got, got, I'm wearing my sweater. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, well, I don't know. What, what does one wear to defend against a flying chicken sandwich in prison? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You can't hit me. No, I'm wearing my anti-chicken blazer. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, the book on this is called Empires of Eve, A History of the Great Wars of Eve Online. And it's written by, God, they keep doing this to me, Andy. His name's Andrew. His last name is Grrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
it, it's 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 really a, it's a curious thing, and it's something that the um, that the author uh, Mr. goes into um, uh, quite a bit. Um, uh, for example, the formation of the Red Swarm Alliance, which we just uh, we just heard about their uh, their victory um, over Bab, um, and uh, that was negotiated in uh, the forums and back channel DMs because they didn't have like like website forums then like we do now. Like they didn't have a spe- an equivalent to Spectrum. Um, I think they did a lot of stuff on um, uh, bulletin boards and then also a lot of stuff in Teamspeak. Um, but, um, uh, they had been, they had been working for quite some time because at, remember at this point, Bob is omnipresent and expected to just roll across the entire, uh, known world, which w- is called Eden. Um, and there's a little bit of backstory or, or, um, uh, narrative to what Eden is. Um, I think short, short strokes, the, uh, a wormhole opened up. Uh, somewhere near Earth, um, and things weren't going so well on Earth, so a bunch of people went through, and then the wormhole closed up, and because um, this is like way in the future, and so folks were stuck on the other side, and so they had to to, to make do, and so they did, and Eve is the the realm of Eden is what happened, and uh, Eve is the game that gets played there. So anyway, um, like I said, they they talked a lot online, but uh, the agreement wasn't reached until representatives of Red Alliance and Goon Swarm, uh, who were the two major players uh, uh, negotiating, met in person in Washington, D.C. Um, and what both sides said is that they needed to look each other in the eye before shaking hands to seal the deal. Um, so if you don't mind, real quick, I just want to read a couple of pages from the book um, because it, it, it's really cool the way he sets this up. Uh, do you mind? I don't mind. No, all right. Audience so this is mind. chapter tw- <laughs> Yes, if you mind, send an email next week after this show comes out. <laughs> um, this is a chapter. Ooh, I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, no, 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 no. Ah, here we go. Uh, chapter 12. Um, and uh, the title of the chapter is Unholy Gunion, which is a pretty pretty sound it sounds like it would be a delicious soup doesn't it mm. um blooming goonian. in june i'm sorry blooming goonian yeah oh. do, do you like french onion soup yeah yeah it's oh, good. i love french oh so good i mean you you, you can't you, you buy the stuff you know at the store that comes out of a box or a bag it, you know it's, but you know like you know you know when you get that hockey puck of Parmesan cheese floating on top of that oniony broth. Wow. Okay, I take it back. Huh? Yeah, you get one toot for the uh, for the pot hockey puck. All right. Um, okay, so uh, June of 2006, three men sat at the bar in a dimly lit Irish pub called Fado's. The pub was on a busy street in Washington, D.C., but it had an old soul. There were black stone walls and a fireplace with a black cauldron. Not wow. that you'd light a fire. It's very fancy. It's a, a themed bar. Uh, but but you would not light a fire um, uh, in, in the place uh, in, in a humid D.C. winter or summer. Yeah, no, summer. It's not humid in the winter. Um, 
One of the men was a young D.C. corporate defense attorney. The second was a computer specialist who worked in information security for a company that prints Bibles, of all things. And the third was an IT expert for the U.S. State Department who was between missions to far-flung U.S. embassies. So you've got an interesting group of guys here uh, that are playing a game. Okay, you wouldn't know it judging from the volume of alcohol they were consuming, but this was a diplomatic meeting. They were waiting for a Russian-born construction worker from Brooklyn who represented the struggling yet powerful Russian spaceship union Red Alliance. His name was Mikhail Roman Romanchenko. Hey, I got one. Uh, but everyone in Eve knew him by his character's name, Uax uh, Death. Death for short. Okay, Uax Death. I don't know. I guess that, okay. The three men at the bar were the leaders of the Goon Swarm Intelligence Agency Alexander Gianturco, Sean Conover, and Sean Smith. They're better known by their names in Eve Online the Matani, Darius Johnson, and Vile Rat. You, have you heard of the Matani before? No. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting fella. Hmm. Um, they met up in this Washington, D.C. bar because they'd been asked by Remedial, who was, I believe, the original and the still then leader of Goon Swarm, to size up a potential ally. They'd negotiated with Death many times in Eve, but the trio had been spying and hunting spies for so long they no longer trusted anyone through a computer screen. This was a deal that needed to be sealed with a handshake. Death walked into the pub. (laughs) Isn't that a great line? Death walked into the pub. (laughs) He shook hands with the three men, and the deal was done. They ordered another round. There wasn't any negotiation. The terms of the deal had already been laid out and were well understood by this point. Vile Rat, in particular, had been in touch with the Russians for weeks to structure the agreement, and the goon's leader, Remedial, had already signed off on the proposal. Vile Rat had brokered a deal that had enormous potential for both the goons and the Russians, and the terms were simple. The goons and the Russians would fight as one. The handshake was the final part of the deal. Both parties needed to prove to each other that they had the conviction to give their word in person face-to-face. That's it. So, I mean, that's, you know, I know that that it's, I, I feel that that means something, or I can feel that, like, you know, because this guy, this guy, the Russian guy, he came down from from Brooklyn to Washington D.C. I, I mean, it's I know it's not a long trip, but you know, it's not like just driving across town to have a, a beer with some guys you played online with. I mean, it's it's actually a thing, and they're serious about it. You know, and and, and it's not like they're making money on this. I mean, they're serious because they are playing this game. They're playing the meta game outside of the game um, because it's important to them what happens inside the game. And um, the Matani, he is sort of famous for, uh, because he subsequently became the leader of Goon Swarm and uh, the Red Swarm Alliance, um, and then um, uh, lost or stepped down from that position uh, for um, political reasons, um, and then was, and then again years later um, uh, got the... um, uh, the position again. So he's been around for a long time, but he's, he's noted for, he, he very seldom logs into the game. It's like everything gets done, you know, in chats and emails and everything. It's like, he, he hasn't, he hasn't been an, a real active player in the game for, for a while. That guy, and I, and yes, I, I have heard of him. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if he's still active now. Um, there's, um, there are some, um, 
some uh, uh, utilities you can use to look up people. Uh, I think they call, it's just called Eve Who. Um, so it's kind of like the Unix Who hmm. uh, function. Um, and uh, and check on people. But um, anyway, it's, you know, it's like you're, you know, you read these articles and you hear these stories and you're like, this is, this is a different kind of gaming than we do playing Destiny. And I'm not, I'm not talking down Destiny at all. I'm just saying this is like the thing. It's like when you, you win, you know, it's like, it's awesome. And when you lose, it really sucks because you've got a lot you know, of yourself invested in this. It's not just, you know, oh, my, uh, you know, my uh, ranger character really bites. I think I'm just going to play my uh, my uh, tank instead because, you know, whatever. It's not like that. It's, it's like you're the character. You have some tools that you use within the game to, to do the things that you want to do, but you're actually playing the game. So, I don't know. It's, I, I don't want to get too... Um, too uh, um, weird about it, but it's definitely uh, a new uh, level of stakes. Like you know, it's 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 a different kind of investment in playing the game. Yeah, in playing a game. So um, without without going weird and turning into a made for TV movie where you know like you uh, you know it's it's uh, like or what were the what were those movies not not made for TV movie What's the the movie the days where they everybody gets to shoot everybody else? Um, purge or the purge or something like that. It's like the purge. You know? That's a different kind of investment. <laughs> yes, that's that's yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's kind of, what's that old joke? Um, or I don't know, was it a movie or something where, where the guy says, um, um, you know, looking at his breakfast, um, he said, you know, a bacon and eggs. He says, the chicken made a contribution, the pig made a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I can see that. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I, I mean, I love this stuff so much. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that fire. I don't watch television. This, I, you know, this, I go, I fall down um, uh, rabbit holes on YouTube and, and, and listen to stuff like this. And, and occasionally actually do my job. Um, so, all right. Um, suffice it to say, please read the book. It's Empires of Eve. There's so many stories like this in there. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there about Sir Mole, the guy I mentioned. Very interesting guy. You know, he's like this huge, I mean, he's like, you know, he's like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I want to call him Thrawn, but it's not Thrawn. Jesus, Thanos. He's like Thanos in this game. He's actually like an HVAC repairman somewhere in Sweden, you know? <laughs> right. That's what, that's what he does during the day, and he goes home at night, and he becomes, he becomes Thanos every single night, you know? It's like, how cool is that? Um not putting down HVAC guys because I know in the summertime when my air conditioner goes out, he is the most important person in my world. Um, all right, so it's um, Empires of Eve, and uh, there should be a sequel coming out soon, TM. And you can go to the CCP if you want to follow up more. CCP has a couple of YouTube channels, and uh, they um, they show highlights from Fan Fest every year. Um, and their Fan Fest looks amazing. Um, you know. Uh, Every year they have, and I think, is it a week long or something like that? But it's, it's always in Iceland uh, where their company is headquartered. Um, and um, it's just this amazing time uh, that everybody from around the world gets together and, um, and talks, uh, talks Eve and puts, you know, faces to the names. And I believe there's also one that they have in Las Vegas. And I don't know if that's an annual of us, but 
an annual event, but I think it's FanFest Vegas or something. Hmm. But anyway, cool thing, cool thing. I wish I wish I was I I, I <laughs> you know I wish I liked playing that game, but I just don't. Yeah, same. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, it makes it makes it you know, but I appreciate it. Jesus, I appreciate it, uh, but I don't like playing it. Um, okay, so just trying to create some context here for our MMO conversation going forward. You know, it's like what do we want? You know, what do we want in a game? Uh, a cure for Tourette's? When do we want it? <laughs> no, wait, oh, that's a different conversation. Um, what do we want in our forever MMO game? And we're just spitballing here. Um, and I um, will go first because I'm the one reading the notes. Okay. Um, I want a game that is going to last a very long time in video game years. Um, so you know, I don't want a game that I, you know, I play it for six months and then I'm just waiting until they release the next year's version. Um, and to achieve that, I believe that the game must be built to last. Um, it must be an environment within which its players can help self-develop the game, the greater game, and their role within that game. Um, and so my overall hypothesis is that simpler is better. That um, when, when developing or designing the game, start loose and loosen further until something breaks. Um, and here are a couple of specifics I thought of. Uh, persistent sandbox environment with a minimum of rules, individual and group ownership of in-game assets, Epic events, be they expected, unexpected, game-created, or player-created, and simple player characters which perhaps may be minimally trained to perform specialized tasks. Uh, so definitely skill-based, not, not um, uh, uh, you know, like a RPG where you, you know, your character isn't any good until it gets to level 50. You know, it's like... And, God, and that's what Star Citizen was going to be. You know, it was going to be entirely skill-based. And, like, if you could capture that ship, you could fly that ship. If you could, you know, if you killed um, another player who had an awesome gun and he dropped it, you could pick it up. Um, so that's that's kind of what I want. And um, so uh, kind of, um, and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot here because I didn't share this with you ahead of time, but do you... I mean, because you're you design games too, so this is this is um, this is, is is nothing that you haven't thought of before. Um, no. If you could design your perfect mmo um, high level, what 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 would you do? I definitely I agree wholly with the the concept of the sandbox, and um, no, there shouldn't be artificial restrictions to keep you from doing cool things. That's that's never fun for everybody. It just adds artificial length to the game. I definitely agree with that. Mm. Um, I think the important thing to have in this kind of game that separates it from just being a shared world game or a, a co-op game with more people or just a theme park is to take advantage of the fact that you have a lot of people. So, you know, mm -hmm. like Eve has with uh, you know battles with hundreds or a thousand people, that's, that's something mm -hmm. you can only ever have really in an MMO and um, just having that, that limitless sandbox, which is, it's definitely a, a difficult technology problem, but it's, it's one that's worth solving. It's one that a lot of people are working on. Um, you know, there are solutions out there as, as much work as they take to actually use. Um, so I think that's the, that's the, like the big defining feature for me is making sure that your game could only be an MMO 
if your MMO mm-hmm. could easily be a co-op game if you just reduce the player count, and it would just be exactly mm-hmm. the same except with fewer people. I, I think you have mm-hmm. just completely failed in your in your goal. And as much as I like shared mm-hmm. world games like Destiny, you know they're really fun, but they're not mm-hmm. um, they're not something you can play for hours and hours and hours um, like you can an MMO. It's not it's not a world you can live in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I mean, it's the the reason I like Destiny. I like playing Destiny. You know, for a couple of hours a time. You know, once or twice a week is that it takes me back. It's a nostalgia thing for me. It takes me back to Halo or it takes me back to Doom, the original Doom, Yeah. where it wasn't, it was sort of, it, you know, and there's there's no, uh, it's no coincidence that they named the company id Software because that, I mean, it's, that's just, you're not thinking about it. You're just doing it and you're just reacting. And when you get good at reacting, you know, you can make uh, the bad guys' heads explode, and that has a certain satisfaction to, I guess, the id part of your whatever it is that's inside there. So, yeah, I totally get that. But, yeah, you can't... There's got to be something more than that, you know, for me. I mean, it's, you know, I'm getting older! And it's like, I, you know, those uh, those uh, lustful teenage urges of mine just don't, uh, just don't sustain like they used to. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's I, yeah I I, um, I I I totally agree. Um, now now the, this last one here I said so the simple player characters um, with minimal training. Now I'm a, I'm kind of a bit of two minds about this. I mean I would prefer the player's interaction with the entire game environment to be as skill based as possible. But how do you make that work across prof- professions which demand specific physical attributes? I mean, do you kind of have under the hood, do you have a, a point matrix like uh, we use in Dungeons and & Dragons um, and uh, in-game training? So, like, you know, you if you go out and you do combat, and that's all that you do, that over time your point matrix will redistribute itself such that you have more of your player ability focused on strength. Um, and, but, and so then say that you... Um, become injured and instead go to um, you know the wizard wizards the wizardry school you know a wizard hey um, and spend time studying up on tomes or doing whatever uh, in there. As you're doing that, then um, what what's what's the attribute that uh, contributes to alchemy? Is it like uh, or, or is it is it intelligence or is it uh, probably intelligence. Yeah, so your intelligence might, you know, that, that matrix might rearrange and intelligence would come more to the fore and you would lose some of your physical conditioning because you're not using it. Um, so it's like, I, I know that, because I, what I don't want is I don't want to end up in a situation where, you know, in the morning you're out on the battlefield with, uh, with a, um, a, a massive um, uh, war hammer uh, just smashing heads and then in, in the afternoon, you know, you're, um, uh, you know, levitating uh, castles off the tops of mountains because you've got all of this magic magic stuff under your belt as well. I mean, you want, I mean, if you, if you need to have both, you know, roll two characters, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but I don't know, do you have any ideas about that, about how you would, uh, how you would balance without placing restrictions? You know, because, I mean, one of the things, uh, we, we haven't talked about New World yet, but one of the things I like about that is there's no class system. It's just players. You know, you just show up and you know, you don't you don't pick. I, I'm you, I'm assuming you pick gender, but you don't you don't pick 
um, uh, you, you don't decide your whole life, you know, in the first 15 minutes you know you. <laughs> right. Um, I like the way that Project Gorgon, for example, and there's, there's a bunch of other games that do similar things, but I'll use this one as an example, kind of does this. So if I want to be a really cool spellcaster and a warrior, I, I can probably do both, but I can't do both excessively well at the same time. So I can only have two skills equipped, first off, at a time, and I can't change them out during combat. So that's a pretty big um, mm-hmm. strategic limitation. Um, I can't mm-hmm. have a huge Warhammer and my magic casting staff that I need for spells out at the same time. But I might be able to mm-hmm. use some of the, I guess, more minor um, spellcasting abilities without those items. So it's you can almost do it based on equipment. So you're, in, you're invested mm-hmm. in what you're doing in the moment based on what you're bringing with you. And you can mm-hmm. only carry so much, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you... Does that is that in any way like confusing for you as the character, like an, your character identity, or or have you have you been have we been playing Gorgon long enough for you to actually have an identity for your character? <laughs> I feel like I have an identity for my characters, but I also I I think people change a lot over time. Their their interests change, or their profession changes, and they're not necessarily just defined by that one thing they do. And and maybe characters shouldn't be either. So maybe. Uh-huh. You know, going down one path leads you down another path eventually. Like um, in this, in Project Gorgon, you have to do, um, I believe it's psychology and compassion experience. And eventually, if you get enough of both, you you can become a priest. Um, if you have like, okay. if you have fifty um, levels in any skill, you can become a druid. And there's there's lots of stuff that you can only do once you've been heavily invested in something else. And I, I like that okay. that character growth where you can become something else that's maybe even more interesting to you down the line. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that really is, <laughs> sort of explains my college career because I'm doing nothing that I ever studied in school. <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of people go through those phases in life where they do something completely different that they've never been trained for before because we, you know, you don't want to pick a character at the beginning of the game, so you don't want to be locked in... Um, you know, halfway through it either, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, you talk to people that have, you know, children that are, you know, uh, getting ready to go off to college, and sometimes they have to declare a major to be admitted to to the university. And it's like, yeah. God, eight, 18 years old. How, how are you going to choose the rest of your... Um, um, but anyway. Yeah, I did too. It's crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that I, I very much know what I want to do, and I can't imagine switching... But, um, right, right, yeah. right. And also what you do is um, there's, there are so many different ways and in different areas of life that you can apply that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so, but if you're, if you're uh, an English lit major, there's not, you know, I mean, teach. I'm going to teach. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah. all right. Okay, well, so let's, let's fix our world first and then we'll, we'll pop back out and fix the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> Uh, now, um, so I was as I was thinking about this earlier today, I noticed that my mindset was decidedly fantasy flavored. Okay, so I was thinking about you know I'm thinking about a fighter, I'm thinking about a wizard, Harry, um, and I'm thinking about you know an archer, you know I mean or a, a ranger, what have you. Um, but if I could turn any game environment into the setting for my perfect MMO. 
Um, you know, an MMO com- containing all my, including all my favorite characteristics, hands down, right now, I would pick Control, the game Control. Hmm. Um, I would love to try an MMO based in paranormal themes. Um, I think the directions you could go with that, um, that base are multitudinous. May I introduce you to The Secret World? The Secret World? Ooh, okay. All right. I was not aware of this game. Um, oh, you should be. It's exactly what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Or okay. It was. Um, it, oh, so it's gone. You see, this is the problem. I think you that... can still play the original. Um, they turned it into a shared world co-op game, unfortunately. Like a sequel. I don't know if you can still play the original, but the the, the updated version is still pretty good. It's just not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, because we've uh, over the last couple of days, we've been uh, sending back and forth um, uh, lists, videos with lists of MMOs coming this year, and I don't think I've seen anything that wasn't at least to some extent fantasy themed. Um, and you know, I'm I'm fine with like a medieval setting, but I wanted to look more like Mordhau than you know. Uh, the next great um, um, Korean, South Korean MMO. You know, I just don't, I don't. Yeah, that style feels a little played the, out at this point. I don't want to do it anymore. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so cliche, you know. It's like, and you know, every time I see, um, you know, a review, you know, 10 out of 10 must play, you know, and it's one of the uh, the anime MMOs. I'm just like, no, I can't. I mean, it's like, because I can't relate to those characters. You know, can I cast myself in a suit of shitty armor, sleeping in a pigsty, you know, picking lice out of my friend's hair at night, you know, hoping that we don't get um, um, attacked by, um, you know, the rival clan over on the other side of the hill? I can put myself there. No problem. You know, it's kind of like what my my childhood was like. (laughs) But um, I can't. You know, I can't do, you know, pixies and giggles and, um, you know, 15 foot broadswords colored flamingo pink. You know, it's just it's just it's not that's not going to that's not going to hold my interest. And I'm I'm looking I'm looking for a long term commitment. You know, what kills me in those games is you're like, oh, you can be a really cool caster character. I'm like, all right, what races am I going to be locked into? to play that caster character and it's like the tiniest fluffy creature or like a t- like a little 15 year old anime girl and i'm like i i like playing different characters and i like variety but i i would like some choices please <laughs> yeah i know you know it's and it's funny because um are and i don't know if it was on one of our lists that we we shared but uh have you, you heard of ten ten or temtem yeah the the pokemon mmo i mean yeah copyrights. yeah it's like i'm we have a um a clerk working for us um, you know, so he's, he's what, probably 23 or 24 years old and he's just drooling. I mean, because he grew up playing all those games on his Game Boy, you know, and, you know, and so did his girlfriend and they want nothing more than to live in that world, you know? And it's like, I get it. I totally get it. Um, and I grew up with Monty Python, so I, <laughs> I want to live in that world, you know, perhaps not always so silly, but yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just every once in a while, let, let's look at something different. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's, again, Star Citizen, it was going to be space, which, you know, I prefer pew-pew to hack and slash. Um, but it seems like in that, 
in that theme, um, all we got, all we got is um, uh, Eve, and uh, you can make an argument, I suppose, for Elite Dangerous. Um, no Man's Sky, I think, falls out of the MMO category just because it is so different, and no matter how what they do to foster um, uh, more inclusive uh, communities within uh, the gameplay. It's just, it doesn't, it's just not happening. I mean, it's, it's like a share world to... game for sure. It's not an MMO. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, Hey, you know, kudos to you, Sean Murray, whose, uh, soul I cursed, uh, repeatedly, um, back in, what was that? 2015. Um, oh, wow. 15. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos to you for, for finally delivering. No, that had to be, it had to be 17 or 18. Cause I, I would have been living in a different place, and I remember being in my current townhouse when I got that game. Oh, okay, yeah, because I remember I remember it being announced, um, and it was announced for PlayStation first. Um, it was going to be an exclusive, and then I think when it launched, it launched both to PlayStation and to PC, and um, yeah. uh, it was it was yet again the game that we would be playing. You know, here I got my air quotes up. We were playing while we wait for Star Citizen. Um, and oh, oh boy, talk about your, talk about your, um, your scary launches. And I remember <laughs> the only people I think that were playing it much in our group was Vendus and I, and we were chatting and we were just going, you know, this is really not that bad. This is actually, this is really chill and I'm really enjoying this. And this is a game that I can play, you know, while, uh, while my wife is hanging out and doing her thing and there's nothing really scary, blah, blah, blah. And then we both started crying. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine, and I'm not upset. Everything's okay, and I'm all right with this, and I know they tried really, really hard. And I want you to die, Sean Murray, die! Um, <laughs> whoa, went back there for a minute. Um, so, okay, uh, you know, fantastic. Um, all right, so let's, um, we, now that we've designed the perfect MMOs that will never be built... Uh, let's talk about three specific games we know a little or slightly more than a little about. Uh, we'll talk some more about EVE Online because that's kind of the standard that I'm measuring stuff against, you know, be that, you know, a good idea or not. Uh, Amazon's New World. Um, and then also I definitely want to talk about your latest find for the group, um, uh, Project Gorgon, which um, you ha- you have turned so many folks in our, in our immediate group and our um, uh, sort of um, extended group um, to this game so quickly, I'm, I'm just like, it's like jaw drop. It's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at Buddha in there talking about, um, Project Gorgon. I'm just going, I, I never would have believed that he would have, um, signed on for that. So I think the thing is just that you can try the game for free and then you just get hooked because it just, it just pulls you right in. Yeah. And God, that's what I'm, you know, and we've talked about this on, on previous shows too, is that's what I, what is so important to me is having a game that, you know, about 4.30, it's like, it's all I can think about. It's like, I got to get out of here. You know, it's like, well, do you have, do you have those financials for, I, tomorrow, I got, we're, we're, we're raiding. I got to go, you know, <laughs> um, haven't had one of those for a while, you know, I mean, Sea of Thieves definitely was, was, was that, but, um, We've talked about why why those sort of um, episodic, well, not really episodic, more um, uh, encounter-based games are different. You know, you you do you repeat 
encounters, and the encounters may be different, but you're basically doing a series of encounters. There's a real iterative process to the gameplay dynamic, and uh, the thing that changes is your progress and um, your loot, uh, you know, your gear, and, um, uh, and these are all fine things, and um, at some point it's just not enough. Hey everybody! That's about as much as we can uh, we can uh, handle uh, editing and releasing for uh, this episode. We will finish up on this uh, conversation next time. Uh, but until then, I am still Gleep. He is still Sorian, and this has been New Pants, brought to you by the fine folks over the Pants Cast family of shows, a wholly owned subsidiary. Gleep, this is like I've said this like five times already. Uh, free to play, pay today. Um, uh, discord or uh, uh, patreon we're starting a patreon immediately and if you don't give me money i'm not going to show you my booty on the twitches anymore <laughs> just one dollar a month can help save a pig in need <laughs> you can say a pig a pig that needs unicorn surgery very desperately oh god we've messed this up leapsgaming.fun come out there discord server click on that thing come play um um uh, well, you won't know about uh, Project Gorgon yet because you haven't gotten to that point in the show. But when you do, you're going to want to come play it with us because it is the coolest thing since sliced bread. And I know I say that a lot, but this time I really, 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 really do need it. Let us see your new pants. Yeah. Time travel pants. Time travel pants. Time machine. Get back!